Okay, we're live. <laughs> so, welcome everyone. First and foremost, you may notice that uh, I'm not Houston. I am uh, John Bogg, uh, founder and president of Puget System, stepping in for Houston as the host today. Uh, significantly less experience, significantly less beard. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I have the pleasure of being joined today by not uh, just one, but the entire uh, labs team. Um, we're joining you here from Seattle. Uh, thankfully, we can be back to be called the rainy Seattle, not the on fire Seattle. Uh, it's a nice, nice uh, change back to normalcy for us here. Uh, but I'm joined by the entire labs team. Team. Uh, these are the minds responsible for all of the, the benchmarking and the articles and the content and the training, um, all of that work that goes into supporting the workflows that we support. And we're here because it's a big deal week for us. Uh, this is the, the, the week that the NVIDIA uh, 3080 has launched on NVIDIA's new Ampere architecture. And it's turned out to be a pretty monumental launch. Uh, it's not very often in this industry you see uh, something this exciting, something this big of a performance jump. And so we're all here uh, to talk through what that means in all of these industries um, that we work in. And that's a lot for us to take on in one hour. Um, so we're going to go straight into it. And we'll talk for a few minutes about, uh, we'll go through the reach of the, uh, each of the labs team here and talk about what did you find? What are the key highlights? What are the big takeaways? And uh, then after talking for a few minutes, we'll take your questions. So absolutely, as you have questions, put that in the chat. Uh, we'll try to get as, to as many questions as we can. And then uh, we'll wrap up with just any more more general questions, and I'll take it from there. So let's get started. Um, so William, you're, you're on my top left here. Uh, in, you're responsible for our rendering and photogrammetry work. Uh, what have you seen with 3080? Uh, the rendering side in particular is phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if you uh, can throw up the charts here in a moment, but sure. we're seeing performance in GPU-based renders, so not not talking CPU-based renders, but the GPU-based ones like Octane, Redshift, uh, V-Ray Next, the the GPU side. There's a CPU side there as well. Uh, anywhere from double the 2080 in some cases, uh, or 2080 Super, excuse me, all the way up to closing in on double the 2080 Ti. Um, I, um, it's a phenomenal boost, especially considering that you're talking about a card that is the price, the same price as the 2080 and 2080 Super were for, like I said, in the ballpark of double the performance uh, and performance that eclipses a card that was twice as expensive uh, in some cases, uh, or even actually past the Titan. The Titan was a $2,500 card, I think. Mm -hmm. And so these uh, 3080 exceeds the Titan, which is three times the price. So um, phenomenal performance. Uh, there are some downsides though. And, um, it kind of depends on your situation. If you're just looking for one powerhouse GPU, you know, you're doing some rendering on the side or you're a smaller studio or something. Yeah, they're going to be great. But if you're used to working with a workstation that has three or four GPUs all stacked together, that's where things get more problematic. Three or four 2080 Ti's is still going to be faster than a single 3080. And yeah, we'll find out next week, I suppose, whether it's faster than the 3090 or not. But you could stack those because there were versions that had a single fan exhausted out the back. You could put several of those in a system as long as you had enough fresh airflow intake into the system. The NVIDIA 
founders edition cards, as they call them, the ones from NVIDIA directly. They're not really a reference card anymore, but those have this weird cooler design where there's a fan on the underside and a fan on the top, and the top fan actually blows through to whatever's above it. So if you had cards stacked, you're blowing hot air from one card into the cooling system of the next card, and that's probably going to be a really bad idea. Uh, We did some experimenting with the previous generation when the 20 series was out with multi-fan cards. So not even blowing through, just blowing air back into the system in general. And those, you could maybe pull off two in our case with a lot of airflow, but certainly not three or four. And we're looking at kind of the same situation here, maybe even exacerbated. So at least with those founders cards and a lot of the multi-fan cards that are sort of the first generation from other manufacturers like Asus and Gigabyte, one card, great maybe two in some unique situations, but no more than that. However, um, it's looking like there's some stuff from Asus and Gigabyte that is going to be single fan blower style cards. They're not out yet, but in the coming months, if those release, then hopefully we can get back to where we can stack these because yeah, stacking three or four of these, uh, especially when the 3090s come out with 24 gigs of memory, that's a lot. You want a lot of memory if you're rendering big scenes, that's going to be phenomenal. So, uh, so kind of so, cross your fingers for that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what are you recommending then today? So if, you, if you're in rendering or photogrammetry and you, you're you're looking to upgrade your workstation, should you just stick with multiple 2080s or do you make a jump and just do a single 3080? Uh, I think it depends. So photogrammetry is a little bit of a different story and I can, I can cover that in a minute. Rendering today, if you want a workstation that you were only planning on one or two video cards anyway, then by all means get a 3080 or wait in a week and get a 3090 if it's in your budget. If you want something that is a real big powerhouse, if you have to have it today, there are still 2080 Ti's available out there. Uh, It's hard to find, but there are some. You could still get a stack of those or again, wait and see if we can get blower style cards in the coming months. That's gonna be pretty important if you want that much horsepower. so it, it really kind of is a, it's one of those transition periods where for some users, great jump right now. For some users kind of wait and see probably. Yeah. Because um, there's there's also entirely, I mean, Quadro cards, for example, which this, they're not, those aren't a part of this launch, but Quadro cards from NVIDIA tend to have the rear exhaust style coolers, at least have in past generations. So whenever in the future, the updates to those come out, that might also be an option for someone that needs to stack multiple video cards, but those will also be probably more expensive. Um, So we'll have to kind of wait and see. On the photogrammetry side, that's a much simpler story. These cards are good. The 3080s are are good, but they're not groundbreaking. Um, They basically performed either tied with the best other cards that were out, like the Titans and stuff, or slightly better. So great. You know, you don't have to spend twelve hundred dollars on a 2080 ti or uh twenty five hundred on a titan you can get one of these for 700 bucks and have just as good a performance but it's not groundbreaking it's not a massive increase or anything why do you um, think that is? Little... do you think that like future um, software updates will improve that possibly i think it has to do most of the time photogrammetry uses the video card only in certain steps a lot of those are still CPU bound in in most cases. So there's certain parts where it's using the video card. And so in those areas, yeah, you might see 20% faster performance in one step, but then that's only 
a quarter of the overall processing time, suddenly it's only 5% faster overall. Uh, that, that I think is kind of the story with photogrammetry. And also I think it's just not as sensitive to raw massive performance increases in processing power. There's probably some other steps that are CPU limited even during those GPU accelerated steps. So you're not getting as much potential as if it was just using the video card only. Got it. And it should be, it's worth saying that, you know, we haven't even here in labs haven't had access to, you know, we have yet to test quad 3080s uh, because the supply is so constrained. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping (laughs) that like the FE cards that like if all four of those blowers stack right on top of each other, the air will just go straight through and they built in enough headroom into the fans that like they can just spin up a bit. Cause like, if it's just loud, the people who are getting quad GPU systems, usually they don't care about noise. So if it just like ramps up, great. Yeah. The Founders Edition has two potential issues with cooling. One is that, and maybe there's enough airflow, but the other is that front-facing fan mm-hmm. with the back plate behind it, there's uh, no channel for airflow. It looks to me like it'll be a millimeter maybe for airflow. But, but that's, that's what we deal with right now with blower-style cards, and those are doing all of the most, airflow through that one fan. Most blowers, though, have specifically extra clearance. They're usually slightly recessed yeah. around that fan to give you you know, half a centimeter or something, a little bit at least, to pull air in. Uh, and actually, the, an interesting thing it looked like on the the pictures I was seeing from Asus and Gigabyte on their potential 30 series blower cards, it looked like they actually had the venting on the back end of the card, which would be even better. Like pull air in directly on the back end of the card, oh. push it through and out so that huh. you don't have to worry about as much space. Um, be kind of cool. So for for any of you, I think, William, you've probably had the most physical hands-on time because, as you can see, our, our lab team is all work from home. We have a great setup here. I, I get to be the, the one in the office today. Um, but we have a great setup where they can all remote in, and so we have these test beds, and everyone remotes in from, from home via our VPN. Um, but I think, William, you've probably had your most, like, physical hands-on time. Can you tell, like... <laughs> As you hold your your hand over a Founders Edition, or no, I guess we don't have a 3080 Founders Edition. It'll be interesting to see, like, does most of the heat come out the back or does most of the heat come out the top? Like, how does that distribute cooling-wise? Yeah, that will be interesting. The diagrams NVIDIA has put out looked like you had that the the one fan blowing through. So basically almost all the airflow from that coming through the back of the card and out and then the fan on the front it looks like it vents some out the back and then also some between the fans and some out the edge of the card so it's kind of like a more traditional blower where it just pushes air all directions uh, on that that second fan so it's yeah, yeah I, I think i think if you were going to try and pull off multiple of those founders edition cards you'd probably want at least a slot between them and then suddenly you're pretty much limited to two anyway yeah, which I mean, two of these 3080s should be the same oh. performance as like yes. four 2080 supers. So like that's still if pretty they good. Can be cooled, yeah, if they can be cooled, that would be pretty awesome. But I'm I'm crossing my fingers for real blower cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a question in chat from Frank. Uh, he says for real time graphics applications that aren't doing ray tracing, uh, just doing conventional rasterization, how much improvement would that be? More is that a Kelly question? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So Frank, we'll come back to that when we get to uh, 3D and and, uh, game development. So, okay. 
we have to move on because this hour is already flying by quickly. Uh, so absolutely, Chad, if you have any other questions about rendering and photogrammetry, go ahead and, and put them in chat and we'll come back to that. But let's hop over to Matt and talk about post-production and photography. So what did, what did you see, Matt? Uh, so it's a mix because uh, a lot of the applications I deal with is a lot of Adobe Creative uh, Cloud Suite and then uh, like Blackmagic DaVinci Resolve. Um, so many of those are very CPU limited. Um, most of them have some element of GPU acceleration, but uh, something like Photoshop and Lightroom, uh, those are the two easiest ones to talk about because it's like eh, every GPU is the same. Like you go down to a 2060 all the way up to these new cards or a Titan or whatever, and performance is all about the same. Uh, because even though you might be doing something in Photoshop that's a GPU accelerated effects, like just having a GPU will turn your CPU into the bottleneck immediately because it, the GPU is just so fast at those things that it doesn't matter if it's a super crazy GPU or a low-end GPU. Um, so like Photoshop and Lightroom, yeah, whatever, you can use it, it's fine. I mean, a lot of our customers like to go up to like a 2070 Super um, in those applications just as like additional headroom or because they're doing other applications in addition to Photoshop or Lightroom. Um, so like, it's not a bad card, not necessary uh, for it, but yeah, not bad, it's fine. Um, the ones where we start to see some increase in performance, I've got a bulk trust because I can't remember everything on my own. Um, so like After Effects is probably one of the places where it starts to make kind of a difference. Uh, for most people, it's gonna be kind of like Photoshop where you're gonna be CPU bound long before you're GPU limited. So not really a factor, but there's some workflows where people are using a lot of GPU accelerated effects. They're, they're, they're really focused on things that are uh, running on the GPU. And in those cases, it's, it's, it's decent. I, I believe it was something like 10% uh, faster are you talking in After Effects? I, I can put up the chart. After Effects. Oh, sure. I'll sure. stick it up. All right. We have it up. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, because I can't see it because we're on. We're just on our Zoom. Um, so, yeah, it's 16% it's, uh, faster than 2080 Super. So that's kind of like right on the edge of where you'll start to notice it uh, if you're kind of in one of these situations. So it's, it's noticeable. I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking. Um, and that's, again, just because After Effects is so CPU focused that it doesn't really make too big of a difference. Um, I think where the in most interesting thing with After Effects is actually uh, the kind of interplay with what a lot of what William was talking about with uh, Octane, um, Redshift, especially since that was acquired by Maxon. And After Effects has a lot of integration between After Effects and Cinema 40 now. So hopefully Redshift will become a part of that workflow. And so if you're doing 3D stuff in After Effects, the 3080 could be a big deal in the future if you start to use some of those rendering engines. So for those people that are doing motion graphics, I think it's more of a future-proofing kind of a thing than a massive upgrade at the moment. Uh, a step up from that would be like Premiere Pro. I don't know if you want to show a chart of that or not. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of similar situation. Most of the time you are CPU limited, so it's not a big deal. If you do happen to be in one of those cases where the GPU is really heavily being utilized, it's it's pretty good. Um, let's see, let me look at here. You're looking at somewhere around a 20% increase there versus the 2080 Super. Um, so again, at about on the edge of where it'll really be noticeable uh, day to day. Uh, the big thing with Premiere Pro is actually that the fact that they've added GPU accelerated uh, decoding and encoding for H.264. So 
one of the most common codecs that people are processing and exporting to. Um, in the beta, at least, it'll use the GPU for both. In the current release, it only uses it for encoding, uh, so like exporting. Um, and in those cases, you're looking at somewhere around the similar uh, situation where it's, you know, uh, actually, look, it's a little bit less. It's like 10% faster. So you can see a big, a little bit of a difference. So like if you're right on the edge and you're like dropping some frames in live playback uh, with H.264, it might be enough to push you over the edge. That still needs a lot of extra testing from us, though, since that uh, decoding feature is still just in the beta. We haven't really looked at it. Um, and in fact, in our testing, we had to use the beta, but we were seeing lower performance with the decoding on the GPU. So it, I mean, it's in beta. So like having to use beta stuff, it's it's not you know unusual for there to be weird things. It could also just be, I mean, we're running on a Threadripper CPU. So it could just be the Threadripper just like forcing its way processing that H.264 is faster than using a GPU to do that decoding. So um, we'll see. Uh, the last one of mine is probably the most exciting for me and that's uh, DaVinci Resolve. Um, and that Resolve is really known for using GPU heavily. Um, a lot of people misunderstand. They think oh, like everything is GPU accelerated. It's, no, no, like noise reduction, open effects is using the GPU. If you're just like playing back ProRes footage, no, that's not using the GPU. Uh, but in those cases where you are, it's pretty darn good. Um, so I gotta look again at my numbers. Let's see here. Um, so compared to like a Titan, so again, I think Look at that. was saying like a $2,500 card, uh, it's about 30% faster than a Titan. So that's great. Awesome. Um, it's about twice as fast as like a 2060 Super. So at the low end, if you have a 2060 Super now and you want to upgrade to a 3080, oh man, it's, it's going to be twice as fast, which is absolutely amazing. Um, it's actually within like a stone's throw of dual 2080 TIs. So we're really hopeful at like the 3090, I mean, just guessing here performance because we haven't, you know, that's not till next week. But if it, you know, I would imagine it should be pretty darn close to a dual 2080 Ti, which means that you can do in one card what we used to have to do in two cards. And you're going then from, was it $2,400 for two 2080 Ti's to $700 or yeah, 1,200? What, what's, what's the 1,500? So like that's a big cost savings and you get the 24 gigs of VRAM, which will let you start working with 8K or 12K uh, timelines. Um, and you maybe could put in a second card in the future. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the big question here. Um, and I think that's one of the most interesting things with Resolve is quad GPU setups are not abnormal. Uh, and if we can only do quad GPU or dual 3090, the absolute performance might actually be pretty similar. So it, we might be looking at one of those situations where the customers of, uh, if money's no object, it might not actually be all that much faster if we can't do more than two cards. Um, so just again, like what William was saying. Uh, so it's gonna be super interesting after we can do multi-GPU testing, after we can do 3090 testing, um, and seeing how this stuff shakes out because yeah, in Resolve in particular, it might be like, okay, yeah, you can go to, down to two cards, um, you get more VRAM, it's cheaper, but from like an upgrade standpoint for the people that are already on quad 2080 Ti's, it might not be worth it. New systems, it'll be amazing. Plus, I mean, anytime you can be on two cards instead of four, I think that's an all around win. It's less parts to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Less watts, less complexity. Yes. Yeah. Everything is is better. So on new systems, um, even if the quad twenty eighty Ti is as fast, man, we're gonna we're gonna jump 
immediately. And I think a lot of people are just for that. So something that's interesting to me as you talk about like these applications that are bottlenecked elsewhere. So like upgrading mm-hmm. the GPU isn't going to be a big deal. It still is exciting to me. Like, let's say you're coming in, you're a, you're a you're in post-production and you have like a $3,000 budget for a, for a new workstation. Well, great. Now, like you can put more of your budget towards these other things because you're not burning it on the GPU. Uh, so just, you know, everyone wins. Like whether whether you don't get concrete value out of a faster GPU, you still get the fact that you have to you don't have to spend as much to get that power. And so you can use that elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's why doing this kind of testing that we do. That's why we have four people right now doing all this individual testing, um, because I mean, places like Thomas Hardware and Antec and all those guys, I'm like, they're terrific for what they're doing, but they're very general testing, um, and like, you just can't get this kind of granularity by doing, you know, just a shotgun approach to testing. That's why we're very specific. That's why we have whole articles for one software application. Yeah, this yeah. time we experimented with like a roundup article and it seems to be going well. But it went well, yeah. But you've got to really dive into the details if you are a Dimension Resolve user or a Premiere Pro user or someone who does rendering or whatever. Yeah, yeah it really does matter. Well, William had a good point in chat that um, the other benefit you get out of Resolve is if you're on the free version, you can get so much more out of that one GPU, so you don't have to yeah. jump paid. Usually, actually, what I tell people if they're asking about like what kind of an upgrade they should do to their system and they're on the free version, I tell them to pay for the paid version because uh, the free version does only support one GPU. But the bigger thing is it doesn't support uh, GPU decoding and encoding for H.264. And most of the time, the people that are using the free version, they're working with H.264 footage because that's what you know most cameras shoot in. That's what their cell phones shoot in and all that. And so just enabling GPU decoding is going to make a much bigger difference than any sort of hardware upgrade. And that's 300 bucks. And it's not bad. And it, it, yeah. yeah, it's not bad. And it, we're still using licenses from Resolve 12, I think, 12.5. <laughs> and so like it's a perpetual license. You get all the new versions and everything. That's cool. Um, and yeah, it, so, usually, so the whole single GPU thing, to me, I don't think is as big of a deal because if you're buying multiple GPUs, man, you, you, you better be on the studio version before you're even thinking about doing that. Got it. So is that the number one thing, like the biggest, most exciting thing in your testing that you found was the bump and resolve? Yeah, yeah. Adobe stuff is just too CPU limited. I mean, a lot of it does use the GPU, but it's, it's again, those kind of situations where the GPU is just, it makes it so fast that it just immediately turns that bottleneck back onto the CPU. Um, so, but so DaVinci Resolve is the one, at least of the, the applications that we're testing that um, I think is, yeah, going to be the biggest deal. And that'll continuously change, right? Like at new versions, the software come out. And frankly, like as we have new, new CPU launches, like that balance is going to continue to shift as, as yeah. time goes on. Well, and like I was mentioning with Premiere Pro, how they just added the HTC support decoding, like that's going to take a lot of work from us because we're going to have to find out like, is it better to do both decoding and encoding on the GPU at the same time? Or is it better to leave the encoding for the CPU and do the decoding on the GPU or vice versa? Uh, we actually had that issue in DaVinci Resolve. Uh, they implemented an update to the RED SDK. So if you're working with RED footage where you can do debayering, which is turning raw sensor data into a usable image and decompressing now on the GPU. And we found that on a lot of our systems, it's better to not do that. Even though it was a big deal, it's a big marketing thing at like SIGGRAPH and stuff, huh. it's better to just do the decompressing and leave the debayering on the CPU because otherwise, your GPU will run at 100%, which I, I guess people like, but it's much better for your GPU to run at 50% and your CPU to run at you know 70% 
than to have GPU bottlenecks. Uh, so. It's always interesting to me to hear things like that because it's not even like don't you can't even don't just throw like our the piece that we help the most with is like what hardware do you throw at the problem but like mm -hmm. that's only a bit of the equation like having the proper licensing setting up your workflow properly putting your settings in properly like that's just as important as having the right hardware see so yeah. there's really no getting away from like taking the time to make sure it's done right <laughs> exactly hmm. All right. Well, we're at time again, so let's let's keep going around the table. We're uh, let's go over to Kelly and talk about three D design and game development. All right. So uh, for this round, we did Unreal Engine, and Unreal is in kind of a weird position of being a mix between kind of a game development and this professional high-end software package yeah. it kind of straddles the line does every bit of everything and that adds to the complexity of needing a test because it's used for anything from creating little indie games to running giant video walls that the mandalorian is filmed against and everything in between so for what we could test which is any situation where you don't need a quadro currently because there's a lot of use cases where you need a quadro for Unreal. Um, but if you don't currently need a Quadro, um, there's the 3080 provides a huge boost in pretty much across the board, but especially at higher resolutions. Um, at lower resolutions, you're very um, CPU bound. I stuck Bottom your chart up, by the way, so they can see that. Okay. Um, a lot of um, lower resolution, if you're like doing 1080p with no. Um, no ray tracing, you're going to be hitting the CPU limitations pretty quickly. Um, so you're not going to see a whole lot of benefit there. But as you go up to 4K, turn on ray tracing, then it really starts to accelerate to anywhere from 60% increase to double the um, a 2080 Ti even. And pretty much every case, it matched or beat the Titan by a decent amount. Um, so it's a huge improvement for <laughs> only $700. It's, it's really crazy. Um, and so someone was asking about um, rasterization. So yeah, it's, uh, if you're doing 4K with, with no ray tracing, you'll see a, a bigger improvement. If you're 1080, you're not gonna see much improvement over 20 series cards. Um, that's just- so I've, I've got a little question, uh, I'll mm -hmm. throw mine in. So Unreal Engine, because it's like used in, I mean, obviously game development is where it started. Mm -hmm. Do your results line up with a lot of like the reviews that are gaming focused? I honestly haven't read a lot of the gaming focused reviews. So I'm just um, curious. The ones I looked at, yes, they're pretty, close yeah cool at least on the the higher end the 4k i don't uh, i saw a lot of reviews going around this time where they were trying to cpu limit the system so that kind of makes it because they're trying to show like if you have a two-year-old cpu or you know two-generation old cpu and you this is worth an upgrade that kind of stuff um so it doesn't really apply to a lot of our industries but um, I, I feel like most of my results are lining up with what most game reviewers were showing. Um, that said, there's still a lot of situations where in both architectural visualization and um, virtual production where 
these cards are still limited by VRAM. That's mm -hmm. still a huge limiting factor. Um, a lot of people were buying Quadro RTX 8000s just for VRAM. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of situations where you needed a Titan or a Quadro, they still, the 3080 still doesn't help. Um, so hopefully we see something from Quadro in a few months. I don't know. Um, and then also still doesn't support um, the sync cards. Uh, sync, um, Quadro sync cards are extremely important in virtual production for the video walls um, and syncing right. your camera to the video walls. So without that, it's still limited to um, green screen applications or um, smaller video walls where you only need one system to power the whole wall. But otherwise, it's like if you're if you're currently doing a 2080 Ti, you could probably see a, a big improvement with this if you're doing ray tracing at higher resolutions. Nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I was blown away when I was seeing the results coming in, and because so my tests are still all manually run. I don't have automation set for it yet, so I'm like clicking the starts and stuff and watching everything happening. I'm like, holy cow, this is crazy. <laughs> So it was a lot of fun. You're one of the, you saw pretty much the biggest gains out of all of us, right? Even more than like rendering with William. Because you were uh, seeing like two times faster than 2080 TIs in some cases, right? Yeah. Some cases it was double the 2080. That's nuts. Uh, yeah. So you do you anticipate with the 3090 um, coming up with, I, I, I don't remember how much the 3090 is supposed to have on video memory, but is that going to make a big difference in those applications or do we still need yeah. to need that sync um, connector? So that will, that has the same RAM as the Titan. Yes. 24 gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely going to help um, for the situations where you need that kind of RAM. Um, but it's not going to help if you need more more systems running the, the simulation. Um, and then, so uh, someone in chat has asked a couple of good different questions. DLSS, yeah. currently DLSS is not in Unreal Engine for the editor. So it can run if you like have an external, like build it and run it as an external application, like a game. Um, so once that gets implemented, which I don't know if I assume they're planning on, that could help even more because some of the game reviewers were saying, you know, doubling of frame rates um, by using DLSS. So that could be a huge improvement as well, like give even more performance to these cards. Um, and then he's asking about if um, two GPUs help. Uh, Unreal Engine does not support multiple GPUs. So it does not help at all. Um, you, some I've seen some people use multiple quadros just for the video outputs to be able to have, like if they're doing one of those big display walls that has like, you know, eight screens or something, like it'll still output video, but it doesn't like, you can't get an improved performance by you running off that second card. Was, was SLI ever a thing in Unreal? Was that ever widely used? So, you, it's really <laughs> stupid. Um, like when the 20 series was announced, um, they had that Star Wars demo that they were showing off with all the reflections and all the Chrome stuff. They're like, this is running real time in Unreal Engine on 
four Quadro P6000s or RTX 6000s, which is not possible. Like the only way to get multiple GPUs in Unreal is for Epic and Nvidia to give you a special build of Unreal that you have to like get applied for. Or if you're developing a game, once the game is ready, they will help implement SLI. Well, not anymore. At that point. Yeah. Well, now, now Unreal would have to implement it within the code as opposed to NVIDIA. So, yeah, it, and there's a lot of Unreal based games that have, that do support SLI, but you just can't do it natively in the editor. You have to get Unreal to help you. So, like, the Mandalorian might have a special build where they're running multiple Quadro um, RTX 8000s um, in NVLink to get their performance or whatever. I have no idea, but that's not something you can just do with the available Unreal Engine. Got it. Well, that seems like that's a big piece of then why you're seeing such a big bump is, you know, everyone's constrained to single GPU configurations. So mm-hmm. when we get that much performance bump out of an architecture, then great. Sounds like there's an exciting couple months coming up where, you know, we get to learn about 3090 and we get to mm-hmm. learn about, hopefully we get to learn about quadros and what performance increases to see there. So there's yeah. still lots of things to be excited about in the future for game developers. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be the virtual production uh, group are just on the edges for the 3090 and whatever Quadro has in store. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Spotify is playing a really strange ad right now. <laughs> we really need to spring for a non or a premium Spotify account. As I just saw what we're using for the background music, it's just yes. Spotify. It's just Spotify. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, so that's just about time. We're actually doing good on time. So this is good. We're going to be able to get in lots of questions. So chat, go ahead and keep keep asking those questions. Let's go over to uh, Dr. Don Kinghorn and talk about machine learning, AI, scientific computing. I know you had a little bit of a rough time, Don, because you're waiting for Linux drivers. And uh, it was you had very little time to prepare for the stream here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was totally disappointed. Um, you know, the, uh, the Linux driver has supported uh, Ampere A100 since it was released, right? So f- for a few months. And uh, in the past, usually when the architecture is supported in that Linux driver, then when like the GeForce cards or whatever are released, that driver will usually work with that driver, even if it's not like officially supported. No dice. That it, I I was going. Oh goody! I get to try the card first. Well, I've yeah. got some time. Before nope, they're onto your tricks. Windows driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're onto it. You know, it it's probably. Well, I, after testing and looking at the card, the, this is very different from the like the A100 uh, Tesla. Okay, it's a quite it's quite different. There's uh, it doesn't have near the features that the Tesla does. Um, a lot of that stuff is just not available on the card on the GeForce. Um, but yes, so it was. The, uh, oh my God, was that, that was yesterday, right? It's yesterday. <laughs> oh, yesterday. Yesterday morning, I'm going. Oh man, let me check and see if they've posted any drivers, you know, on the release. And then it's like, boom. Okay, here, here's now a working uh, Linux driver. So I'm, so I'm, you know, checking with Josh and I'm going, oh man, you gotta can pop that card into the the Xeon box upstairs on launch day. We're doing it live. 
on launch day. <laughs> and of course, you know, I had to fight with it a little bit. And, and then, um, you know, I had to purge everything out that I had on there and then in, get the driver installed and working. And all of the automated tests I had set up were uh, using containers. I was using uh, NGC containers, but I was not using Docker to run the containers. And I hit a glitch with that. So I was like, oh, no. So that means I got to manually run everything. Uh, so I had to quickly do a full install of Docker and set it up, you know, my my typical little single user Docker setup. Um, knocked that out and then manually went in and started running jobs. And I had like a couple of hours you know, yeah. to, to do the whole the whole shot. But so what do you find? Oh, well, OK. The first comment I got on the post, I put that post up last night. You know, I, I got I finished testing up by uh, from, bet, you know, between 10 and 12. And the card had to go back into uh, production for qualification, for cooling and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, so then it was like, OK, you know, working everything out and uh, writing stuff up. And the post that I put up last night, the first comment I got, it was OMG, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, th- it's an v- incredible card. The, uh, you know, li- like I said, it, this is not the same as, as the A100 Tesla. There's some things that are different. But for what people are going to want this for in the machine learning and uh, a lot of the scientific computing world, it's going to be tremendous. It's it's uh, I and uh, Kelly, you had some of the gr- nicest results, almost double like a 2080 Ti. I've got that too. Nice. Um, and you know, for kind of a bread and butter standard uh, uh, deep learning uh, application, that, uh, doing model training on a, a ResNet 50, which is kind of a standard benchmark. Um, and uh, yeah, heck, John, if, can can you toss that? Uh, yeah that chart up okay we're up uh, the big big one the fp uh fp32 chart yeah i have both the fp16 and the 32 on the screen now yeah oh, oh okay cool cool that's that's good yeah um you can really you can uh might be a little bit hard to see what's going on here but um i i uh, did the same jobs the same containers the same same thing i ran on a um uh, rtx titan that I had in the machine, and then on the um, on the 3080. So the uh, the lower gold bar there over on the FP32, that's the uh, RTX Titan, and this is um, uh, this is with a newer version of TensorFlow, and of course this new driver, um, a lot of new stuff in here. Performance is improved over a lot of these other results that are in this chart because this was back on these were stuff that i've been doing you know for quite some time and that that was mostly on tensorflow uh 113 um you know some some older builds still using the nvidia containers which are are really nice really quite well optimized uh but so there's there's improvements for everything um but yeah that 3080 uh uh, beat out that that uh, RTX Titan, and uh, if you can see on the chart, this is like four. I can't I can't read it from there. Um, 
and seventy. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, images processed per second on this resin. It's it's a benchmark run. It's um, and uh, so the the thirty eighty is like four hundred sixty two images per second. And if you look on this chart a little bit higher, there's a two by twenty eighty Ti, which is only about ten percent better. Okay, so this thing is nearly for for this, and this is bread and butter stuff right here. Um, that's the the thirty uh, two bit floating point. That's single precision uh, training run for for a standard deep learning model, uh, and it is nearly this. And this is a seven hundred dollar card. Yeah. Okay, and it's it's nearly the performance of uh, dual twenty eighty Ti. So so yeah yeah I was like. I got the number and I went, oh, yeah. And I'm looking at the chart and I'm like, going, oh, man, that's two 2080 Ti's. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's huge. It's huge. Nice. And um, now, so that that was that was one thing. The, this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, you know, it's a little bit less memory than the 2080 Ti. Uh, and that's... I'm looking forward really to the uh, 3090 because that 24, that 24 um, uh, gigs of memory on that on that card it could be really 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 handy. In fact, I I wasn't able to do my uh, uh, my recurrent network my uh, LSTM uh, uh, testing because I just kept getting uh, out of memory errors. Um, but yeah, that was a little sus suspect there. I'm not sure exactly what was going on because I should have been able to run it. Um, but um, yeah, so that that could that could be huge. You know, you're paying, you know, twice as much money for that for the the 3090. But you know, it may be maybe worth it. But for for a lot of people, for a lot of stuff. I mean, certainly anybody that's doing uh, that's learning machine learning, and they want some, they want a high performance thing so they can yeah. do some actual real work, so they can train some real models and without having to wait for weeks for your results. Yeah, this is a no brainer. This is going to be a great card. Mm -hmm. um, the um, uh, the other uh, the other kind of observation from that chart, I get. I I don't know if you took it down. Yeah, I can put it back up. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'd like to point something out on there on the uh, on the half precision on the FP sixteen. Mm -hmm. um, that that was interesting right there. Now, uh, in in that case, I've got the um, the RTX Titan did um, it, it outperformed the uh, thirty eighty. And this is using tensor cores. This is uh, mixed precision with tensor cores. Okay. And the thing that's that's uh, really remarkable here is actually comparing that uh, that RTX Titan result to my old RTX Titan result, because the old RTX Titan result is like 600 and something, and the new one here with this new TensorFlow and improvements they made to the utilization of the mixed precision, massive improvement, massive improvement. Okay, so so the mixed precision is like, it's it's ready to use, I think, in, in, in production for sure, especially with TensorFlow 2, it's got uh, automatic mixed precision uh, tuning, so it will, it will analyze your, um, the flow graph and, um, and and decide 
really where you can get away with half precision and where you need uh uh you know fp32 so it and you know they're saying that there's no precision loss um so so that's really really good big advances being made there and on the on the 3080 uh i suspect that this that the reason that's not better because this this should have just phenomenal uh mixed precision performance okay just you know kind of by the architectural design and uh so i i have i suspect that with a little bit more tuning and when things get updated to the cuda 11 um and uh new drivers that this that uh mixed precision will probably go way up on these cards I'm I'm okay. optimistic about that. I really do expect that. Um, but yeah, oh man, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> it, it's really really good. I and and uh, for the value, um, uh, for setting up a box with a, a a single GPU, especially for doing machine learning work, whether you're learning or actually doing real serious work. Yeah, man, this has really lowered the uh, barrier to entry for this. Yeah. Would, would you say that it's similar to what William was saying um, for rendering, where if you were on a single or a dual GPU workstation, like, absolutely, no question, you should jump. Yeah. Uh, what about what about for machine learning and scientific computing for, like, these big GPU boxes, like quad GPU uh, tower workstations? What, what, what do you advise there? Uh, okay, that's... Yeah, I mean, you know, for for a lot of stuff, you can you can use you know as many GPUs as if you've got available, including multiple nodes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, before on uh, for a workstation like a like a four GPU workstation, yes, I would love to be able to see get some of these new cards in there in a quad configuration because it should be incredible. Um, but I expect that. Uh, even with the 3080, I expect a dual, and this should be this should be doable. I mean, I, I think we can <laughs> make that happen. Um, I suspect that will perform as well, or maybe even better than a quad 2080 Ti. Um, you know, you've you've got you've got fewer cards, so there's there's more. You know, there's always you always have some of that scale that. Um, you know, Amdahl's law kind of scaling when you you increase things out like that, whatever. And, and you know, it's uh, you lose some performance when you go multi anything. Um, so I I'm optimistic that that like a dual 3080 is going to be a replacement for a quad 2080 Ti. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll and I'll answer that question as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. Right. Right. Because right. I'm I'm super curious about <laughs> that. Um, because you know yeah. that, like, as soon as you can give people that performance in two cards, then then it's you have about five minutes before some somebody asks, "Well, how about four cards?" Yeah. So, yeah. yep. I'll we'll have to go back to those uh, those GPU mining uh, things that people did, where they had like expansion cards that like ribbon yeah. cable oh. them out to separate them out. Yeah. There's on like a wire rack from IKEA. <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna run into you know. There's gonna be this thing has. Um, these things will will just suck in lots of data, right? Mm-hmm. So so um, this is another question I want to answer mm-hmm. is uh, okay, what's PCIe uh, yeah. version three versus PCIe version mm-hmm. four? Whether whether it actually makes any difference, and in a, in a, it it's probably going to be like minimal. It's probably not going to make much difference. Um, but you know something that I, I don't even want to. I don't even. 
I don't even think I should say it, but alternative cooling mechanisms. <laughs> my, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, um, it would be nice if we can find a way to get uh, quad GPUs. And, oh, you know, actually, we might be able to. No, oh, oh, okay. I just had some weird thoughts. Let's, let's I, I, I won't. I won't, I won't <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really, really good. Um, and, you know, this was very I had very little time with the card and I'm I'm blown away by the performance This is really good. It's really good. Yeah. And uh, so I expect to have much better, uh, you know, stuff here over the next few weeks. And I'm actually and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the quadros. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's possible that, that, that the NVIDIA GTC conference coming up in October, you know, Jensen might have something to say about that. That would be cool. Um, uh, but I don't know what pricing will be like on Quadros, but I, I would expect, well, we'll have to see. We'll yeah, to I think see. we can all hope that it's going to have a shakeup like the consumer side where you get significantly more performance for a dollar. But like, who doesn't want that, right? So it. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that'll be really interesting because I, I mean, th- what is the theory that Nvidia lowered their pricing because AMD has you know some big stuff? But I feel like AMD has had some like some competition on like the consumer side, especially in the gaming. It seems like they've really focused on gaming. Um, on like a lot of the applications that we test, either like they need CUDA, so like that's not going to work, or even like a lot of the stuff I test, like they support OpenCL, but Nvidia is just way faster. Um, yeah. But on gaming side, that's totally different. Right. So I'm going to be curious to see if they do any price drops with Quadro or if they right. keep the same pricing as, you know, because these ones, I mean, I guess technically it's not a price drop because uh, like yeah, we went from the 2080 and 2080 Super to this 3080, but like it has the VRAM bump. It has the much, much higher performance. I find myself always thinking of it as a 2080 Ti replacement, which means it is a price drop. Right. So I guess technically it's yeah. not a price drop. It but depends on how you want to define it. Yeah, so I'd be curious to see. Well, because even the the thirty ninety, which is the Titan replacement, that's cheaper than Titan, right? Yeah, yeah that's significantly cheaper. But it's, oh yeah, like position wise, it seems more like it's the the combination of a twenty eighty Ti and a Titan into a single yeah. product. Yeah, but it's only it's only fifteen. Titan. Yeah, but that's only fifteen hundred dollars. The Titan was twenty five hundred. And it has, you know, twice the CUDA cores, the same amount of memory, mm-hmm. higher wattage. So I, I guess we'll see if they release a Titan RTX. Oh, what, what would they call it? Oh, no. The Titan <laughs> line always has terrible naming. <laughs> Titan A. Remember, Titan, remember when we had the Titan, Titan that people called Titan and then in parentheses black to differentiate oh, yes, it from the yes. previous <laughs> Titan? And then they released a real Titan black? Yeah, <laughs> the XP, like that, or it was XP. Yes. Yeah, so XP and like, Titan X little P and yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're still waiting for the Titan ZZ top. That's that's yeah. what we need. ZZ top. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I had one more thing, and, and oh, yeah. Matt, I kind of uh, you know you were talking about things being CPU bound. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff. the The other thing that I did test because I really wanted to, I really wanted to fire it up was I did some molecular dynamics um, uh, uh, job runs with NAMD and. Uh, and, and yeah, this card did really, really well for that stuff. It did really, really well. Um, the thing is, I, I don't have much discrimination between any other results that I've got be- mm. because uh, it's really bottlenecking on CPU. Um, 
I'm thinking that the, the 3080 for uh, for for some uh, molecular dynamics workloads, it's going to be really great in like a um, uh, an AMD, like a Titan, like a th- the 32 core, maybe the 64 core Titan. That might be enough CPU to actually r- really fully utilize the GPU. Uh, I'll I'll try to get that stuff up, uh, you know, as soon as I get a chance to to uh, test on that too, because I I know that a lot of people are actually really. Uh, really curious about that yeah that's interesting like so there's a number of reasons here why amd could get a bump with a launch like this uh we have the pcie 4 that we haven't yet found an application for um needing that but you know there's a conceptual possibility there and then also the need for just more cores more cpu horsepower to keep up with this shift in bottleneck now yeah, to me, PCIe 4 is going to become a bigger role, not for single GPU, but like quad GPU. Yes. Yeah. Because, man, PLX chips are terrible. So we don't want to use PLX. And, and PLX doesn't give you anything if you're loading up all four slots anyway. Like, if you right. only have 32 lanes... Oh, interesting. Before cards, it doesn't matter if it has PLX or not. They're all going to run at X8. So you're um, saying you're comparing PCIe 4 by 8 to PCIe yeah. 3 by 16. Yeah, because it, it's double the bandwidth. So if PCIe 3 16 is okay, yeah. then PCIe 4 X8 should be okay. So we should be able to do quad GPU at X8 with no slowdowns. But the problem is, isn't the only platform that has PCIe 4 Ryzen right now? Yeah. Like Threadripper doesn't have it. So that doesn't really help. X Series doesn't have it. Um, and so if it's just Ryzen, like that's only 16 GPU lanes, or is it 24 or something like that? Threadripper had it. Yeah, I thought Threadripper had it. Oh, I yeah, it I thought so. Is it? Man, I don't remember. Now I got to Google. <laughs> that's a bad sign. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, just, I think uh, it's just been such a low thing. Okay, yeah, it, it does. So, I mean, oh, that's... It's, it's, the, it's the new one. It's the TRX4 one had it. The old Threadripper didn't. I'll, I'll oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is really worth underlining because I don't know that a lot of people really appreciate that 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 aren't in the computing field, like as a profession, that um, just looking at the raw bandwidth numbers um, isn't like you really can't stop there. There's really you can't overstate how important it is to simplify your configuration, especially when you're talking about the, like these big, complicated, like dual CPU, quad GPU systems. There's so much complexity inherent into the fact that like all these things have to be interconnected and talk to each other which is like a lot of places for bottlenecks to hide, but it's also a lot of opportunity for something to fail, it's just more points of failure, more points of complexity. And we have had seen our fair share of when we're putting even PLX, which is like the equivalent of like a network switch on your PCIe bus, even just adding that has introduced a number of headaches, either in hardware stability or in software support um, that, you know, are they surmountable? Yes. Yes, that ought to be able to be fixable. But always, if you have a choice to go more simple, go more simple. You're going to have a better time all around. And so what what Matt is saying here uh, that I just want to reemphasize is if by going to PCIe 4, it means that you can choose a motherboard that doesn't have PLX and you're just saying, okay, I'm going to do by 8 connections on all of the video cards because at PCIe 4, I have all that bandwidth to work with. Worth it. It's worth it. Um, th- th- it's been a long time that we've been working here to try to go to PLX free <laughs> motherboards uh, because we love the simplicity and the uh, reliability that results from that. That's one of the yeah. things that's changing with the next generation of video game consoles that I'm hoping will transition over to PC quickly is that the new architecture, when something is loaded, currently in PC, the CPU has to like 
process everything in, load it through RAM, then process that over to the video card. The new consoles, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, will actually go straight from storage to the GPU. It will bypass CPU and RAM so things can load faster. So if we can get something like that into PCIe 4 on PC, that'll actually help us take advantage of that speed increase much. That kind of exists. AMD did that with the uh, Radeon Pro SSG card where they put two terabytes of NVMe on the card and it was touted as an 8K editing thing, but you had to basically transcode your 8K footage into raw on there, which means you could store like 30 seconds of footage and work with 30 seconds at a time. So it kind of existed. It just like... I, I, we have a card. I don't know if it was ever actually, I think it was for sale at some point, but like it was a cool concept and it was kind of, you know, forerunner for kind of that thing. But like mm-hmm. they touted it as like, yeah, you have two terabytes of VRAM. And it's like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cody, Cody says on stream uh, in chat, he says NVIDIA announced that feature for PC. And I think he's right. Jensen, uh, I think that was part of the Ampere on consumer side launch. Um, but the thing that was interesting to me was, um, I think that's been around for quite a while on the Tesla side and on the the Quadro side. Um, so, I mean, what, what is the most exciting to me here is by bringing it to the consumer side, we're now opening up this like performance potential to an army of developers for the consumers. And I think even if it did already exist, just the fact that we're like putting a, giving a shot in the arm to the whole ecosystem will help it on the professional side. Mm-hmm. Well, on the consumer side, I think we need to get more, like, if we can do that, if you're using a platter drive, it's not going to help. Like, you're still going to be limited there. Even a standard SSD, 2.5-inch SSD is mm-hmm. probably not fast enough. Um, so getting PCIe 4.0 storage would definitely Hey, all will that. we finally have a use for nvme storage well that's basically the both the new consoles have proprietary storage systems um that are much faster and they're like PCIe four or faster so that's what is enabling it to happen on the consoles is storage good it'll be it'll be great for numbers like that to not just be like bragging rights but to have like a real world application to need that Mm -hmm. much i mean because who needs eight gigs throughput for like booting up resolve you know right yeah because all that stuff it, it, the cpu has to you know it's basically unzipping it it's decompressing yeah. those that stuff into ram and then it can do something with it and is yeah. it using the gpu for like that decompression as well nah no okay. oh, that's all cpu, that's still it, CPU. it's almost all and it's almost all single threaded I, I don't know very many like applications that launch with more than one thread i think that's what's changing though right isn't it now that it's going to go straight from storage right yeah. it's, it's not going through the cpu subsystem at all it's going straight to the gpu it yeah, might just depend knows. on what what it kind of data it is you know mm-hmm. where the ultimate goal end point for that data is going to be if it's going to be processed on the cpu anyways then it might just go there yeah, this it's, this has to be on the same uh, PCI uh, root complex. Yeah, okay. I so, imagine. So, so this is where you would you would have uh, NVMe um, uh, uh, storage on the same uh, the same PCI complex, and then mm-hmm. it can communicate right to the GPU. But I I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is supported in the GeForce or not. I I you get. Uh, that's something that's that's really really curious. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, that's definitely a feature of Ampere, and it, that even goes over the network that way mm. uh, with the Mellanox interface and go straight to the GPU. 
mm-hmm. which is really, you know, um, as long as everything is on that same, the same PCI uh, hub. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Kelly, you made a point, man. When, when people, when the developers start really taking advantage of this stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be killer. This is a great new architecture. There's no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got, I got super engrossed when we were talking about it. I forgot there was a f- question I wanted to get to before we're out of time. <laughs> so I'm going to ask it after we're out of time. Uh, but let's talk about it real quick. Uh, power supplies. So NVIDIA had right. recommended, uh, what, like a, at least a 750-watt power supply? Yeah. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that, really, anyone? Well, these are more power hungry than the previous generation. Uh, they exceeded PCI Express power specs, or at least what used to be the power spec was 300 watt maximum per card. Um, and I remember it was a big deal when AMD exceeded that with something a few years ago and everybody complained. Well, now NVIDIA is doing it. Uh, 320 for the 2080, and I think they've said 350 for the 3090. Um so yeah, I mean they're they're going to be power hungry. I'm not so much worried about them for a single card. Like a 750 watt power supply is not a big deal. There's probably a lot of higher quality 650 watt power supplies that would handle you know half their wattage being video card just fine. Uh, that, but that is a potential issue when we talk about scaling up to four GPUs. Oh yeah. Or 3090s. Let's say now you're talking 1400 watts just for the GPUs, and the biggest power supplies that i've seen at least are 1600 watts because well, if you go more than up, six sorry if you go more than 1600 watts you're beyond a 15 circuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um that could get interesting because usually the systems you're going to have four gpus on are going to have a beefy cpu and the motherboard's going to need a lot and all the other stuff in the system so that's going to get interesting Let's yeah, say. We'll have a return of dual power supplies. Oh, no. Oh, you guys remember those oh. days? Hey, I was oh, yes. just talking about reducing complexity. <laughs> well, I know you have it to specifically go to separate circuits. You have oh. to have an electrician come in. Oh, and, no. Or 220 volt. We need to get some 220 volt. Yeah, like let's, just get, let's just get the US to convert to 220. <laughs> but we had, um, I know, Don, you and I talked plenty of times in the past about it's not even so much how, can you, how much performance on a card, how much performance in a box. It's how much performance per circuit. Yes. Uh, when you're when you're talking to workstations or developers, that's that's a big deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that came up on the uh, Hacker News comments on my f- post last night. Uh, uh, Sony was was talking about the power usage because the cards use a lot of power. But you know, if if two thirty eighties, right? You know, at seven hundred watts can replace four twenty eighty TIs, that would be a, a kilowatt. Yeah. Then you're actually getting a power savings uh, from these cards. So it is a little bit. It looks like it has potential to be more uh, efficient for uh, for power per per compute. We may if, we may end up seeing like even in in like industrial type workstations or even in servers that like triple card is the new the new standard. That's yeah. that's what I was going to say. That that also fits a lot easier in a lot of tower systems. Right. So if we can get blowers, three blower cards, then suddenly the power is doable. So the space is a lot easier. You don't have to have a motherboard and chassis that have room for an extra slot. And uh, yeah, that could that could be really interesting. Yeah, Everyone, in, in, anyone in our production department that's watching, I'm very sorry that we're talking about triple video cards. <laughs> well, because even a lot in a lot of my stuff, like DaVinci Resolve is the big one where we see multi GPUs, and we almost never do quad GPU. It's almost always triple, even for the people who have an infinite budget. And it's because you need other PCIe cards. So right. in the fact of like Resolve, you need a uh, like a deck link card um, to go out to a 
uh, color calibrated display because if anytime you're going through a GPU, you've got Windows messing with your colors, you've got NVIDIA drivers messing with your colors, and it, it's all wrong. It's all terrible and, and awful. Even if you color calibrate your display, it'll just randomly. I mean, for like people at home, it's not a big deal. Uh, but if you're like someone actually color calibrating like the Wars movies, that's, yeah. that's kind of a problem. Um, you know, so yeah. we never do more than triple anyway because they need that slot for the, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, going back to power for a minute, uh, I wonder how much the new 12-volt standard will will make a difference with these new power supplies. You're supposed to be able to achieve quite a bit better efficiency. Um, still, I don't know how comfortable I would still, be running. But that, that won't change the video card power draw because those are just 12-volt anyway. No, but it would change how much headroom you have like how close to the limit you can get due to inefficiencies. Well, now the new 12 volt power supply, that everything is going to go through the motherboard at that point, right? Like nothing's going to run off the power supply. Well, I would think that anything 12 volt could still go off the power supply. Yeah, I doubt they'd want to route all 1600 watts through the motherboard. See, that's what I was wondering is like, if it's all going through the motherboard, how many GPU slots are they actually going to give you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I would bet that in these kind of situations, we'll end up with like, you have a plug that goes to the motherboard, it converts everything for the motherboard, because the motherboards have a lot of 3.3 volts and 5 volts. Um, but then it has dedicated 12 volt lines to go to video cards, it would be my guess, just because that's pulling so much more power than the motherboard, yeah. and that doesn't need any voltage or, conversions anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we just all forget about SATA and platter drives, like those just go away and we just do NVMe everything. <laughs> yes. Well, SATA, it would be a lot easier to power off the motherboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's low power. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more a question of, like, how many connectors they're going to give you. Yeah. But, I mean, really, I mean, not that many people do a whole bunch of drives anymore. I know some people do because they're, like, keeping old drives around. But more and more, like, enclosures are becoming more accessible. Um, that, like, you, you just get a $300 enclosure, put all eight of your drives in there. And now it's not in your computer anymore. And it's just, mm -hmm. it goes over there uh, and it, you know, just moves from system to system. Cause even if it's like USB three, like who cares? You're running eight platter drives. USB three is not saturated. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, well, that's good. Yeah. We don't have room in the computer anymore. The video card takes up half the space now, <laughs> Yeah. which was actually part of, we, we just recently moved to the Define seven uh, by Fractal and very fortunate because um, it actually gives us more of that like length space for the video card, but it is at the cost of hard drives. Like in the R6, we could do some obnoxious number, like eight platter drives. And uh, in the Dustfine 7, we can only do, I think, three. But like, that's fine. Um, that's got, That meets all of the needs eight, of our customers. There's eight terabyte NVMe drives, or, or they're supposed to be soon, or are we only to four now? I forget what we are. I, storage isn't as interesting as like <laughs> CPUs and GPUs, because it's just, it's fast, yes, and then how much storage you need? Well, it's different for everyone. Yeah. So. All right, well. This flew by, but we are well over time. Um, any any closing thoughts? Like the number one thing that that you're excited about with this new launch? Next week, thirty nine. Yes. Stay tuned. Okay. Thirty nineties and cross your fingers for blower cards and, yeah, and, and multi GPU. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, there's so yeah, there's a lot to keep keep watching for uh, as we talk about 3090 and as we look at what's coming forward with Quadro. Lots to stay tuned with. We are only in the beginnings of this monumental shift that has been begun by the 3080. So okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Thank you for those who asked questions. Uh, we we love engaging uh, this way. Uh, this is uh, believe it or not very enjoyable to us. The hour flies by. Um, stay tuned every Wednesday and Friday as we stream and as Houston's back to host. <laughs> 
Uh, we do Workflow Wednesdays every Wednesday, where we bring in an industry expert from their field to talk through the work that they're doing. Um, and then every Friday, we have our open office hours labs, and uh, we'll talk about this whole rolling launch that we're in the midst of. Uh, lots to talk about as the weeks come on. So thanks for joining. We'll see you later. See ya.